0: I'll use a wealth management term. You want to diversify your portfolio. Early on at Orion, we didn't have a lot of options in terms of uh, data aggregators, but over the years, we've learned to not put all of our eggs into one basket and to make sure that we have a, a lot of partners and we're engaged with all of them. And there's a lot of differentiation in some of the aggregators. So there's different purposes to use other certain partners.
1: How are the biggest wealth tech firms managing their data aggregation partners? How do they ensure that their clients receive the cleanest data in the most timely fashion? What are some of the tools they're building to manage and optimize this data? I asked all of these questions and more to my guest, Randy Lambert from Orion Advisor Tech, on this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. and sit back and relax. You're listening to the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices in wealth management technology. Our theme for this month is trends in data aggregation. And our guests were selected to provide insights and analysis on everything around pulling in data from external sources and how to make the best use of it in your organization. In the cold open you just listened to, you heard our guest, Randy Lambert, uh, talking about diversifying their portfolio, but of data providers. The way data is delivered and consumed in the wealth management industry has changed dramatically over the years. These changes have made it more difficult for enterprise wealth management firms to maintain their data infrastructures. Over time, they've deteriorated and have been duplicated and made obsolete through multiple acquisitions until no one in the organization is quite sure how all the data pieces fit together. That's why Ezra Group has launched our enterprise data assessment service. This service is for broker dealers, asset managers, large RIAs to conduct an in-depth review of their data sources, downstream consumers, Data utilization analysis for wealth management firms that powers your data strategy and your roadmap to corral your data infrastructure and optimize it. For more information on Ezra Group's data assessment service, go to EzraGroupLLC.com and fill out the Get in touch with us form on the homepage. A couple of quick housekeeping notes before we continue. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And make sure to check out our sponsor, the Invest in Others. Charitable Foundation at investinothers.org. And now let's kick this thing off. I'm excited to introduce my next guest. It is Randy Lambert, the Executive Vice President of Orion Technology. Hey Randy, welcome.
0: Hey, thanks, Craig. I really appreciate you allowing me to participate with you. Look glad forward you to the here, chat. Man.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you could be. This is great. This is really exciting. We haven't we were just talking about when we last slide show, that wasn't that long ago It was back at uh, market council back in december
0: yes it was great to see you. it was much warmer than it is here today with <laughs> snow on the
1: ground yeah where where are you calling in from
0: omaha
1: oh ah, yeah the heartland yeah well I, i'm uh, i'm right now in philadelphia um and it's it's really nice here it's like it's going to be 68 degrees so
0: oh great good for you
1: you'll get you'll get this weather soon like for a day in in july you'll have it and then leak off. Exactly. Great, man. So um, we today we're talking about uh, data aggregation, and I'm really really happy you're here to to talk about it. I mean, you guys do some much work work with it. Uh, you're one of the biggest vendors in the space. You know, you huge market share with clients, and you've done work with all the different vendors. So I'm really excited to hear um, your thoughts and and trends and ideas. But before we do that, could you please give everyone people who I can't imagine have been living under a rock and don't know Orion Advisor Tech. Can you give us a thirty-second uh, elevator pitch for Orion?
0: Sure. Well, we've been around for a while since nineteen ninety-nine, and we provide portfolio a portfolio management platform that supports advisors and the independent advisor on their um, their tech stack. We have core offerings of financial planning, reporting, uh, data reconciliation, trading, and advisory fee billing. So we just really support about 2,400 advisors across the country, in in their efforts to differentiate and grow their businesses, and we're we're there to support them in that those efforts. And it's a real privilege to to be a part of so many great um, RAA businesses, and we. we uh, are continuing to build our tech stack. We've been very aggressive in, in acquisitions the last couple of years to help provide more tools from a compliance and proposal standpoint with hidden levers of basis code. But those, that's, that's kind of a, you know, we're gonna try and continue to add value to our, our independent advisors.
1: I would expect nothing less from you going forward. So let's talk data aggregation. Uh, your firm, Orion, uh, you work with all the top data aggregations and a lot of smaller uh, vendors as well. So, can you share some of the lessons learned from integrating them into your platform, working with them over over many years?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I'll use uh, a wealth management term. You know, you want to diversify your portfolio, and so one of the things early on uh, at Orion we didn't have a lot of options in terms of uh, data aggregators, but over the years we've learned to not put all of our eggs into one basket and to make sure that we have a, a lot of partners and we're engaged with all of them. And so it's um, there's a lot of differentiation in some of the aggregators. So there's different purposes to use other, you know, certain, certain partners. The other um, part of that is, and and I kind of alluded to it, you got to build into that relationship and, you know, ask them to progress along with you and, and in that partnership. And so one thing from a data aggregation standpoint that we have learned is, is that direct feeds, when we have the opportunity with the advisor to build a direct feed, like they have they come in with a relationship with the financial institution and they say, hey, we have this relationship. We're like, yes, let's, let's build a direct feed. Um, so that's also true with the data aggregators. That's something they've kind of learned as well. Is that they've got to build direct feeds because the screen scraping capability, which is great, is is not the direction things are going. Let's leave it at that.
1: And that's old school. the old screen yeah, scraping
0: right? exactly.
1: So, I mean, what what is some of the the challenges in, in, in setting up direct feeds? I know I've spoken to a lot of aggregation vendors, and that's something they're really they're really working on. But they were they're running into a lot of roadblocks.
0: Yeah. My assumption is that we've already had the agreement to work together, but that the hardest thing is getting the attention of the financial institution to work with you. Once they do say they wanna work with us, which oftentimes does require the the advisory relationship to get us over the hump. Once that is agreed upon, it's just a a matter of getting your file formats uh, communicated with each other and having an engaged um, product development uh, process where you're working together, you're testing the data and making sure that it's meeting expectations of the, the end client, the advisor, and so that that can be a challenge. And so there's a lot of back and forth. You can't just snap your fingers and have a uh, you know new direct feed built in 30 days. It's usually going to require some back and forth, and ninety to you know, one hundred and eighty days to to get that put in place.
1: How long does it does it usually take you guys to bring on a new data aggregation vendor?
0: Yeah, I I would say that um, an aggregation vendor, it, it, it's sorry, that's a little different than a direct feed, I guess. What yeah, so, yeah. like you're asking?
1: Yeah, right. Give so, a question, you
0: Yeah. So that, the, the data aggregators, typically the ones that we've seen that come up to us, it, it, it takes a long time depending on their capabilities. Uh, some of them we've been able to plug in. I'll um, give you, VX is a good example of one that we were able to plug into right away. Now it's Pontero. I just learned that from, <laughs> from Craig today. So, but um, that was a quick one. Where we've had other ones that, that just take a long, long time to get going. It's kind of the same scenario as the direct feed. It just matters on the relationship, the engagement level that they're willing to have and your ability to to put resources to it as well.
1: One thing we found in our practice, so we're consultants, technology consultants, as you know, and uh, Orion's been a client of ours in the past. And one of the things we were asked a lot is, is to compare technology and one, one thing that's been very difficult is comparing data aggregation technology because you can't look at a demo to know which one is better it's I find a lot it's, it's you can't get a feed really you're not going to pay for a feed to then try to analyze it so a lot of it's anecdotal so what are some of the things you guys have found um, comparing different data aggregations of uh, di- different vendors against each other
0: yeah and it comes down to differentiation there's a lot of data data aggregators are doing things that are niche, and so I'll I'll name one name. all Accounts has been a longtime partner, and they uh, provide daily transactions. They provide daily position files, and they're engaged with us and working with us. And so that's been a um, a long journey with them, but that is uh, an engagement that has gone. Has improved over time. We keep track of how much uh, manual touch, how many manual touches we have to have on the data, and by all accounts, has significantly decreased over time and improved. And so, when we have other partners that come to us, uh, there's a wide spectrum of data that that by all accounts has. So then, when another partner comes in and and, and meets with us, what what's their value prop that they're going to bring? And many times, it is kind of a more niche business but it's a better quality of business file accounts does a lot of normalization of data and so we do like to be able to drill down and, and go deep with a, an integration so I'm, I'm not giving you a great like it's not, it is hard to compare data aggregation partners and so what you've got to do is really drill into what's the value proposition that the advisor is going to get from that that deal, how is it gonna impact the broader base of Orion clients? Is there gonna provide value there? And so I, I wouldn't put one up against another because they're all coming at it a little differently. And you've gotta be, uh, Orion has to be willing to partner with people that will provide more value to our, our advisors.
1: Let's get a little geeky. You mentioned normalization of data. So, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or is that something that you you like or don't like? How how does that impact um, your? Well,
0: because of, you know, from an aggregation standpoint, there's a broad, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of financial institutions out there. So, in in some senses, you do have to normalize the data a little bit. And so that's acceptable. It's not the, it's not the, the best case scenario is a direct feed that is very narrowly focused and gives you really quality data from that direct feed. And so um, one of the things that we've done to help with dealing with data normalization is we have, like I said earlier, we have 2,400 different advisors. And um, they like to view certain transactions a little differently for their, the way that they report to their clients. And so what we've done In that data normalization standpoint, we created a tool called Account Composer, which allows our advisors to go in and show that differentiation for their book of business. So the ability for them to look at, you know, let's say file accounts has 20,000, something like that, 20,000 financial institutions that they work with. So the advisor might only work with three of them. And they're bringing that data in, it's been normalized, they might have some tweaks that they want to make to those three. And so it allows the advisor to look at those three different institutions and and put their um, touch on that data in a way that they they like. So that's one way that we have dealt with uh, data normalization.
1: And for anyone who doesn't know what that doesn't understand that term, it's I, I look at it as developing clean data and organizing it to appear mm-hmm. similar across all records and fields. Would you say the same? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it would be great if these twenty thousand financial institutions all use the same data formats. But you know, the, the data aggregator has to take that in and has to you know make decisions on okay, we're going to call this you know, transaction A, we're gonna call that a, a fee transaction, you know? So they have to do some amount of, of um, intelligent ways of bringing that data in and making it so it can be used by everybody.
1: Now, there are some vendors without, without naming names that don't do as good a job. So they, you mentioned um, uh, daily position files. There's some vendors that don't yeah. provide daily position files, so why is that That's a problem? Correct. What's, what's the issue with that?
0: Yeah, so, you know, on our reconciliation process that we perform, that Orion performs for all of our clients, if we receive a position file every day, we reconcile to that position file every day. And so if a vendor will only provide a monthly position file, then we're not going to be able to have that level of confidence that, hey, we reconciled to their position today and their value today. Some, some vendors actually provide us the value every day and we we reconcile to the value every day too. So the value and the position. So yeah, that just gives you additional audits that we can perform. And, and if you do it monthly, you might have, um, you know, you might be, have a Delta that's out of position for a period of time until you get that position file again.
1: I'd like to take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation. The Invest in Others Foundation is running the Invest in Others Awards, which is a program that recognizes the charitable work of financial advisors in communities across the country and around the world. Awards are presented at their signature event, the annual Invest in Others Awards Gala. Over 600 advisors and financial services executives attend this premier event to celebrate those individuals that actively give back to their communities. I've gone to I think the last three award galas, they had to cancel it for COVID I think they canceled it again last year, uh, 2021. Uh, There's normally in September, October timeframe, but hopefully they'll have it again this year. So there are five categories of awards that recognize it, uh, recognize the distinct ways that advisors have made a difference through their work with a nonprofit. So the nominations deadline is April 1st. That's less than a month. Just go to invest, inothers.org, and you can click on the nominate, uh, click here to nominate link, and nominate an advisor. Um, If they win in one of the five categories, which are Catalyst Award, Community Service Award, Volunteer of the Year Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, and Emerging Impact Award, they can win, let's say, finalists in all categories receive $25,000 for their charity. The winners in the Catalyst Community Service Next Gen and Volunteer of the Year categories receive $50,000. The advisor who uh, receives the Lifetime Achievement Award receives $75,000. That's a lot of money for a charity, can really help. I've uh, been lucky enough to be on the the nominated committee, the, no, the awards committee, the judging committee, for a bunch of these different awards. It's really hard. These advisors do some great work, both local communities in the U.S., in South America, in Central America, in Africa, in Asia, across the world, uh, and right here at home. All kinds of great uh, stories, great charities that help people of all uh, ages, shapes, and sizes. You should uh, uh, nominate someone and also donate. Your company will probably match your donation, which provides twice the benefit. Please go to investinothers.org. Thanks. Yeah. All the, all this stuff is really interesting you know, understanding how all this works and all the um, integrations between. So you mentioned account composer, which is your tool to help advisors mass edit what their clients see, but have you built a, more of a consolidated feed, like what I would call an aggregator of aggregation technology?
0: Yeah. So it's a great question. The, the answer is sort of, we're, we're in the process, Craig. So but that's a, it's a. Um, we are working with a partner on having a, a general tool that we can pull in our feed file formats, uh, our file formats into one area, and we can make edits to it and deploy those changes in real time. And so, as we get feedback from our clients or from our own internal users, we can make changes to transaction types and those sorts of things. And it's something we're still working on. And it's not uh, fully been implemented, but it is something that we're going to put in place in 2022.
1: And what will, what will clients see? Will the, what, 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 uh, what's the, the value add, as you mentioned, what's the value prop that the client's going to get from that?
0: Yeah, they're going to have cleaner data um, and going to have that in more real time. So as the advisor gives us feedback or our internal users give us, feedback, we'll be able to make changes in real time. And it's a little more flexible than what we currently have to do. Currently, if we had to make a change to a file format, we would have to use our development team to do that. So that's a longer process. We gotta use one of our sprints to do that and deploy it. So this is a great uh, opportunity for us to be able to make those, those changes more real time and provide cleaner data for our clients
1: all right, so the, big, the issue is that you're, you're building basically some sort of overlay and some interface that a business user can in, interact with rather than- That's correct. You got to call the developer to fix file format.
0: That's correct. You got it.
1: Nice. I like that. All right, moving on. Yeah. Let's talk about trends. What are some of the trends you're seeing in data aggregation that have changed the way you're working with vendors or how the data is being delivered?
0: Yeah, the the screen scraping technology, multi-factor authentication is causing some issues there, you know, that it just doesn't, you can't screen scrape when a financial institution asks you for multi-factor authentication. So I I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but that's where the direct feeds kind of come in. That's, um, that is a, a trend that we're definitely seeing. Another trend that we're seeing is RPA. Robotic process automation. That's something that we've been using for a couple of years at Orion, and it's continuing to impact many parts of our operations. So it's not it's it's operational processing plus data reconciliation. So that's an area where we see capability to deploy some automation on things that we would normally have to do in a manual uh, cleanup type scenario, and you know, like um, there's things when accounts get added, we have to go in and sometimes we have to add certain data to the system to, to get the account started. Well, now we can use the, the robot to do that type of function instead. So those are some of the top of mind um, things that we're seeing.
1: And so the RPA, is is it more of an algorithm? Is it a, a, a rules-based engine? Is it Uh, like a trigger, like, what is it, uh, what's actually underneath that?
0: It's a a technology. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a literal uh, robot, not quite Skynet, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. um, It's not
1: a literal robot, it's software, right? It's it's software right?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a computer robot. And so you just train that robot, and it learns through machine learning. It combines um, RPA combines machine learning and artificial intelligence to improve the process over time. And so there has there's also some things that you can do. Um, we have internal staff that can work with the the technology and pro basically program it. And then our partner that we're working with also has um, consultants that help us do that. But yeah, it's a it, you're just training it to do certain steps but it's it's more than that it's not just triggers it's once you uh teach it to do something it learns that and and changes the process in an automated fashion so it's it's pretty cool technology we're just just scratching the surface on that
1: yeah i I always ask that because some people say they've got rpa or they've got machine learning and artificial intelligence but it's really not it's just you know some sort of rules engine in the back end that that they claim, but that that sounds like you, what you, you really have artificial intelligence. Yeah. 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 We
0: have a really great partner in that area and um, it's, it's powerful. And like I said, what we've had to do is build our own internal competency around that. We've had to hire an analyst. We've had to hire a a business lead. We've had to hire a programmer um, and, and then we have a, uh, a director that's in that area too. So we've added a lot of resources around it, but it, uh, it's, a, it's a very powerful tool. 85% of Fortune 500 com- companies are trying to leverage um, RPA at some level. And so what I found on that little journey is just that you've got to resource the, the effort. Otherwise, you're not going to get the full use out of it. And so... I think we're on like the 25 yard line of that. Uh, I think it could be hugely impactful, but to bring it back around to aggregation, I think it'll touch a lot of parts of our operations, but part of it will also be some of these manual touches I talked about in reconciliation. I think we'll be able to use the RPA tool to help us clean those things up real time.
1: And as you said, it keeps learning and it keeps adjusting the process and making it more efficient the more data you feed it.
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: Cool. Let's go on. So let's talk about data aggregation vendors and how you interact with them. Uh, how are APIs? Are APIs taking over? Right? Is it still something you're looking to get into? How if, if you're using them, how well <clears throat> do they work?
0: Yeah, APIs are incredibly important to our business. Our clients use the heck out of them. Like we have an open platform. We allow advisors to come in and use APIs, but when you're talking about data aggregation. It's typically still like a flat file, um, uh, is how we, we receive that. Where we see kind of a curb jump in our ability to really, um, we see a big opportunity for aggregators is cloud-based technology versus the API. When the API, you've got to call it and get data. It's somewhat inefficient if you're doing so let's say millions of transactions. So it's not a it's not the best technology for. Large, um, t- take you know the file format. You know those that that type of a large file is actually more efficient to deliver it via SFTP, you know SFTP or something like that. So with cloud technologies, there's some capability with AWS and other tools as well, where you can spin up virtual databases. So when you update, so say I'll just use Orion as an example, and one of our and client A as another example. As Orion updates the data in Client A's database, there's a virtual uh, update of Client A's you know virtual data, and so there's no calling the API or anything like that. It's just it's just real real time. It's there, and if we could get our uh, aggregation vendors partners to to use that type of technology. Orion could have some very powerful ways of just updating transactions or changes real-time with that custodial partner or the aggregation partner. I probably yeah. didn't do all the technology terms quite right, <laughs> but that's what I see is, is with cloud-based is um, you know there's ability to create those real-time data experiences and, and it's gonna be very powerful. And some of our clients, using it with us already we just started offering that last year and uh so advisors that are using that to um you know put data into their salesforce instance or add information to their client portal those sorts of things they are able to do that and it's real time it's very powerful
1: yeah i mean we've been doing a lot of research in this area and and you know looking at these cloud-based tools like you mentioned um it's even better if the clients are also in the same cloud vendor like if they're also in aws yeah. or if you were using yes Android,
0: yeah and so what we do just in that note we do ask our clients because we're using aws they have to get an instance so that was very inexpensive and that doesn't cost them very much it's not like they have to use it for their core processing or anything like that but in order to get this data if they just spin up this this uh, aws um database and then they're able to access the data and it's, it's very powerful.
1: Yeah, costs are going down. Scalability mm-hmm. is going up. It's just across yes. the board. Excellent. Um, let's talk about my favorite uh, question. This is, uh, can you share any horror stories? We love horror stories. What, what's something around data aggregation that you've had to dealt with in the past? Of me, no names of course, but something that was really bad that you had to recover from and, and what, what you did.
0: Yeah, we had uh, a vendor that basically stopped partnering with us and, and they um, said, hey, we're just going to turn off this aggregation that uh, um, actually 40 of your advisors are, they need. And so we had to act really fast with that. And um, it was, it was, it was terrible just in terms of having to deal with that kind of Leads back into my, what I've learned over time is having a diversified portfolio of aggregator partners that you work with and staying on top of it with, with the partner. And so I, I feel like we kind of lost touch with that partner. And then all of a sudden they came to our doorstep and said, sorry, we're just not going to support this part of your business anymore. So we did act fast and Uh, We're able to get our clients moved to another vendor in a very relatively short period of time, and there was not a a big gap in anyone's uh, business. But uh, it was it was very surprising. I'll just put it that way. And you know, at a lesser level, just uh, the whole thing I talked about uh, MFA, multi-factor authentication. You know, we've had some things where we just have outages, and and you find out, oh yeah, that financial institution implemented MFA you're not going to be able to get the data there anymore you know that's like a shock as well and so uh, yeah those those can be be very impactful to the end advisor for sure and so that's just something when you're working with data aggregators that's why we say the direct feed is always the best and if the aggregator is working on with direct feeds that's always really good too
1: that's a good one yeah, there's, there's always issues when it comes to you know managing partnerships, and you know, we work with a lot of companies that that have partnerships, uh, integrations that they don't even use anymore, but they don't know it. Yeah, you know, and they're still they're still maintaining it, or they start adding new partners without really thinking about. Well, this is something you have to maintain forever. You can't just add yeah. it and leave it and forget about it. It's got to be managed.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, we've, you know, on that note, just on our product side of our business, we have, so like five years ago, we had, you know, one product person. And from a technology company, you have your end user, you have your product team, and you have your developers. And so um, that, for data data aggregation and reconciliation, that's an area we've really added a lot of product capabilities because it is a relationship business in terms of, I mean, obviously we're in a relationship business all around, but when you're talking about data, when you're reconciling 4 million accounts every day and you've got, you know, uh, 2 trillion of, of assets under administration, you you've got to make sure you've got a lot of product people that are all over, um, the end user and the development team. And so that's an area we've really expanded our product team over the last couple of years. So that's, I guess I, I'll go back to the beginning. That was another key learning. We needed to build our product team much uh, better than we had uh, previously.
1: That's a great key learning because it's, it's not specifically technology related, but it's logistics and staffing that you need to have for an area. Yeah, you need of- somebody.
0: Yeah. Yep, you need, some, you need people strategically working on and owning the relationship with the, the product vendor and working with your development team. And so that's, that's really the role that they play. We've always had a product team, but it's just that area of the business is one that's you got to really stay on top of it.
1: We are running out of time. But I want to squeeze in a couple more questions. Do you have any more best practices yeah. or thoughts around data aggregation you want to share?
0: Yeah, I think it's really important from a data aggregation standpoint. From the partner, if you're going to work with a, a company like Orion, one of the things we learned is that we've got to audit our practices, and so we we do do a SOC one report every year that's available that we make available to our clients if they ask us for that. But what that is telling as an advisor, what does a SOC one tell you? It tells you that Orion is they have controls around the reconciliation processes and that are, they're doing what they're saying they're doing. And <clears throat> we also work with our vendors on getting SOC ones to make sure that they're doing these things. And and um, I think that's a something from a best practice standpoint. We I mean, Craig, I did data reconciliation in 1993 when 15% of our business was, you're able to bring it in electronically, you know, 85% of it was manually maintained. I did a very poor job of it. Let me tell you, that stacks of paper like this on my, very difficult. Over time, it's gotten much better, but you, you have to have a third party come in and audit your processes and make sure that you're doing what you say you're doing from a reconciliation standpoint. So little bit of a harping on, on compliance and, and that sort of thing. But I I think that SOC one is a, is a best practice for sure. Um, other, you know, another area just, uh, that I hadn't talked about that I think you might find interesting is, uh, data aggregation around GPs or alternative investments, general partners. We have a really great tool called Orion vision that's able to read Um, GP statements. You want to talk about folks that are in technology 1980, 1990. It's uh, general partners on the alts. They just, you know, they don't have file formats that they provide. But uh, so that's an area that we've really improved. Um, And we have a service that our advisors can subscribe to that automates the, the processing of those statements. And so that's a really uh, neat area of the business that I think is going to get a lot better and needs to get better and uh, I'll I'll put a plug in for our partners at iCapital. They do provide us with a direct data feed of their um, uh, alternative investments and so we've worked really hard with them to build a direct data feed based off of their, their alternative investment platform and so I'm not going to name names but there's another partner we really want to do that with as well and that's Case. I just named the name. <laughs> <laughs> but That's Dan, okay. they're a good partner as well. They're a good partner as well. We just
1: really want to try and build some direct feeds with some of these alternative investment partners. Randy, uh, you have answered all the questions. You've said it all. Um, can you please tell everyone where they can go to find out more information about Orion Advisor Tech?
0: Orion.com. So really easy. And you can email me at Randy at orion.com. If you have any questions for me, happy to engage. One of the parts I like most of my job is, is working with our advisors. And so I'm uh, always available to try and meet with our, our, our clients or an advisor that's interested in Orion. And um, so, yeah, orion.com.
1: Fantastic. Randy, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the next conference, man.
0: You bet. Great to talk to you, Craig. Really appreciate what you do for us as the partner, like the information you provide to us is great and what you're doing for the community is a great service. So thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate that. All right. Take care, man. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Craig again. And here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Number one, vendors need a diversified portfolio of data aggregation providers, since many have different data coverage maps, different formats and support models. Number two, By All Accounts from Morningstar is Orion's number one data aggregation provider due to their combination of broad coverage, over 10,000 financial institutions, and a reduction in the number of required manual touches to the data that Orion has been tracking over time. Number three, direct feeds beat screen scraping hands down. Before choosing a data aggregation provider, check how many of your key data sources are delivered to them by direct feeds. And that's it. You've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks for sticking it out. Uh, Please go to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Every month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management technology goodness, news, links, and analysis. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again to our sponsor, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Go to investinothers.org. And I'll catch you all again next time.